Good morning, Life Center Church. So good to be with you via Zoom world. Handful of people here, but I can't wait. As I say it every time I, I think I speak, I can't wait to be with everyone together. And I know that God is working and moving in this season, even though sometimes we look around and we say, God, what's going on? Um, I think it was interesting. Uh, Colt asked me during the week, you know, what's the message for your sermon and, um, you know, and your, your sermon notes? And I said, well, God hasn't told me yet, so <laughs> I don't know. But I'll, I'll let you know as soon as he tells me. So praise God. You know, God gives us what we need when we need it. He's not late. He's not slow or slack concerning his promises. But his promises are yes and amen, and they're always right on time. He's working all things together for our good because we love him. We love him. We've been called according to his purpose, not ours. Remember that. You've been called according to his purposes, and he's going to have his way in your life and my life. In the midst of worship, uh, God highlighted this scripture to me from... Philippians chapter 1, um, you know, Paul praying, beginning at verse 3, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. He's, he's, this is addressed to the entire church at Philippi. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making request for you all with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. And then verse 6, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. He's going to finish what he started. God is going to finish what he started. It's not been put on pause. It's not been put on hold. But God will do what he's promised to do. And I'm excited about that. I'm excited about that in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of you know, tensions in a political season when the enemy is so working overtime to divide us along the lines that are not drawn by Jesus. Let's remember we are one in Christ. He's called us together as brothers and sisters. Let's honor one another. Let's respect one another. When various opinions are being bandied about in this season, Always move in respect. Always move, move in love. Ask God to give you wisdom to discern and ask God how you're to navigate such a political time and a season because he's on the throne and we belong to, we belong to him. Amen? Amen. Thank you guys so much. So I wanted to talk to you about, this is the, this is the title of the sermon that the Lord finally downloaded to me, On Time. It was the battle for worship. Uh, if we don't do it, the very rocks will cry out. That's taken from Luke 19, 37 through 40. Jesus was entering into Jerusalem. They were all, they were throwing their cloaks in front of him. He was riding on the, the, the donkey. And uh, they started putting palm branches down. And he started to cry out, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. And uh, some of the Pharisees called to Jesus from the crowd and said, teacher, rebuke your disciples. 
But he answered them and said, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones will immediately cry out. I don't want to give the stones any opportunity <laughs> to replace my voice in the earth realm. Because all of creation, you know, was created by him and for him. And for his good pleasure, we were created. And all of creation magnifies the Lord. How much more should we, those created in his image, lift up his name and worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? And I find it interesting in this season um, that, you know, that we as a, a church, as a community of people, you know, we've had to, we've honored the authorities, we've not gathered corporately, we've been gathering on Zoom and, and, uh, and YouTube, internet, however, uh, but I know that God is, a, he, wants, he wants to raise up worship again in the earth. It's very important that worship goes forth because we're the salt of the earth. We are his planting. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. And the body of Christ is the most essential service in the earth realm. Um, we have to recognize who we are. We're the ambassadors of, of Christ Jesus himself. He, he's made us ambassadors in the earth. We bring good news to people who are lost and hurting. And right now, there's many, many people they might have thought they knew their way before, and now they're staggering. And there's an opportunity to share the gospel, and I think we have to step into that gap, step into that void, and, and let them know there is a God in heaven who rules and reigns. So I had so many scriptures prepared, you know, as I was going through this, and uh, I really felt this morning that the Lord wanted me uh, to focus on Gideon. And uh, as I went through it, I, I started to understand more and more. So turn with me to Gideon, uh, Judges chapter 6. So let's begin. I'm going to begin reading at verse 1. I sent called some scriptures, and I feel like the Holy Spirit flipped us a little bit, so I don't know if we're all uh, synced up with our scriptures, but we'll, we'll do our best. Uh, Judges chapter 6, I'm going to begin reading at verse 1. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, so the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian for seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel because the Midianites, the children of Israel, made for themselves, and because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made for themselves dens and caves and strongholds which are in the mountains. So it was whenever, whenever Israel had sown, the Midianites would come up, also the Amalekites, and the people of the east would come up against them. Then they would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor donkey. For they would come up with their livestock in their tents, coming in as numerous as the locusts. Both they and their camels were without number, and they would enter the land to destroy it. So Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. 
you know, strangely, as I was reading this, I started to feel like I, this COVID virus reminds me of the, the, uh, the Midianites. It's come in. It's, it's, it's tried to rob everything, you know, rob the economy, shut down the economy, all these things that have happened, trying to impoverish us and trying to shut down the church. Um, and not just the church. I'm just, it, but, but <clears throat> to God, the most important thing is his people on the earth. And what he's doing. I mean, we have to keep in mind as we perceive the current events around us, the natural things happening. God, what are you saying? What are you doing? You know, and, and we have to be aware that the enemy is always trying to shut down worship. You know, when Moses, um, when God called Moses at the burning bush to go and confront Pharaoh and say, let my people go, he approached Pharaoh and he said, let, you know, the Lord God of Israel has appeared to me. You know, you must let us go out into the wilderness with our flocks, our herds, our, our livestock, that we may worship the Lord, to offer sacrifice to him. And um, Pharaoh said, who is the Lord that I should uh, be mindful of him? And then Pharaoh began to oppress Israel even more. And it was always about worship so that even when... Pharaoh began to relent, he would say to them, okay, I think it was after the locusts had come down, he, uh, he said, okay, you can go worship the Lord, but leave your children, your wives and your children here, and leave all your livestock here, and just, you know, take some of the men, and you can go, go worship in the wilderness. And, and Moses said, no, it's very important for us that we all go together as one and we worship the Lord, and we're able to sacrifice to the Lord. You know, Pharaoh wouldn't let them go to sacrifice, to take of their substance and give to the Lord. He was, because that was part of the worship of the time. In order, how do you show worship? You know, we just did tithes and offerings. That's part of our worship. We honor God with the first fruits of our increase, and we sow into the kingdom and we say first fruits, we want to take that first 10%. We want to offer that to the Lord because we recognize that that's where all of our sustenance, our substance, it comes from him. And we're honored to worship and offer it freely back. When we hold back your tithes, you're actually holding back your worship. Now, that may be an ouch for some people, but you have to check your heart. If, if you're holding back your tithes and offerings, there's, you, you're holding back worship that rightly belongs to God. Anyway, that's for whoever needs it out there. Praise God. <laughs> um, so the battle is over worship. And, you know, it's interesting. We've been in a season and a time when we're, you know, we kept hearing flatten the curve, all of these things. And, you know, in New York, the, the curve's pretty much been flattened, but we, we haven't been able to, uh, open up. And I, I'm really believing that God wants us to get to a place where we can operate with wisdom, but not with fear. We need to be wise. You know, there is medical science that uh, we're aware of, how the disease is spread, you know, that it's, it's, it's appropriate to maintain social distancing, um, Etc. Etc. And we as a church are going to continue to honor that. But we're going to start to open up more and more in these days going forward. And it's important 
that we operate in wisdom, but we don't counsel with our fears. Fear will cause you not to see rightly. Fear, another word for fear is anxiety, worry, um, overly concern, you know, that kind of thinking clouds the mind because God hasn't given us a spirit of fear but of love and of power and of a sound mind. So we want the mind of Christ. I mean, he's given us the mind of Christ, and we want to counsel with him as we move forward. Okay. Um, let's go back to Joshua. No, I'm sorry, Judges 6. I want to keep reading. Okay, beginning of verse 7. So finally, in verse 6, he says, Israel cried out to the Lord. We sh they should have been crying out all the time. The problem is when we get too comfortable, sometimes we forget to, to cry out to the Lord and to, to be honoring him. So sometimes things come to, to recheck our hearts and say, all right, God, I, you're, you're, you are, I'm realigning myself with you. When this whole thing started, we kept talking about reset. But the reset is to make sure we're aligned with the Father. Okay, verse 7, and it came to pass when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord because of the Midianites, that the Lord sent a prophet to the children of Israel who said to them, thus says the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt, and I brought you out of the house of bondage, and I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians, and out of the hand of all who oppressed you and drove them out before you, um, and gave you this land. Also, I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. Verse 11, now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the Tebrinth tree, which is in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abizarite, while his son Gideon threshed the wheat in a wine press. Now, you typically... You know, a wine press is one of those things where you put all the grapes and people probably in that day, maybe they stamped on, they stomped on the grapes to get all the juice out. It's not a great place for threshing wheat. It was not meant for that, but he was hiding. Okay, so while his son Gideon threshed wheat in a wine press in order to hide from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to me, said to him, I actually like the way the NIV puts this. I'm reading from the New King James. But the NIV says, pardon me? <laughs> or, excuse me? <laughs> like, who are you talking to? <laughs> Gideon said to him, pardon me. <laughs> if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of, of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to Gideon and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the, land of the, from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said, so he said to him, and again, I like the NIV. The, the, the New King James says, oh, my Lord. But the NIV says, pardon me? <laughs> How can I save Israel? <laughs> Indeed, my clan's the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my father's house. 
the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Come on. I want to tell you, church, God is with us. He's with the body of Christ. This promise is a revival. God does not forget his word. God does not forget his promises. You know, we ought to rise up in, in, in the spirit of Joshua and of Caleb and say, we're well able to take this. God is going to defeat all of his enemies. The name of the Lord is going to be glorified. The battle, let's keep going. Remember, the battle's for worship. So I just want to keep reading. Verse 17, then he, <clears throat> then he said to him, if, I have now, if now I have found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that it is you who talk with me. And so we can continue on in the scriptures. God gives Gideon a sign uh, to show that it's, that it's uh, he who's talking to him. And, uh, and he gets very, you know, he knows that he has now uh, encountered the Lord. And he has a word from the Lord. And so he, he goes about and he uh, actually tears down the, the altars of Baal that are set up. And then the people of the town want to come out <clears throat> and take issue with Gideon. And then Gideon's father steps in and says, hey, Baal can fight for himself. Why, why are you bothering my son? And, uh, but God uses that time and that moment to raise up a deliverer. And God is, 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 is about to release us as the body of Christ to be a messenger in this day, in this hour. We need to start to see ourselves that way. Gideon saw himself as small. Who am I? The least in my father's house. I'm the least in the tribe of Manasseh. Who am I? God said, you're a mighty man of valor. I want to tell you, life's in a church. You are mighty men and women of valor. God has is, is called you for this day and this hour, and he's anointed you to preach good news and to declare that he's still in, he's still in, he still rules and reigns in the earth realm. All right. So turn with me to, to, to <coughs> Judges chapter 7. It says, then Jerubal, that is Gideon, because he tore down the altars of Baal, they changed his name to Jerubal. Jerubal, whatever, how you say that? Anyway, <laughs> let's call him Gideon, it's safer. And all the people who were with them rose early and encamped beside the well of Herod. So the camp of the Midianites was on the north side of them by the hill of Morah in the valley. Sometimes I read these names and I feel like I'm in uh, the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> anyway. And, and the Lord said to Gideon, the people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into your hands, lest Israel's claim glory for itself. Now, this is crazy military strategy that God is about to realize. You know, never does a general in an army say, I have too many troops here. The law of military conquest typically is he who has superior numbers wins the day. That, that's just been his, historical. But, see, God doesn't operate by man's principles. God operates... To, share, to, to bring glory to himself. You know, you were created to glorify God in all that you do. You know, that's our purpose. People say, what's my purpose? What's my destiny? It's to glorify God in everything you do. That's your call, to magnify the King of kings and the Lord of lords. 
There, he'll use different things to bring it forth, but it's not to make you great, to make you th this or that. Yes, he may elevate you in different places, but it's always to magnify him. Magnify the Lord. Your call, your purpose, your destiny is to magnify Jesus in everything you do. Okay. Verse 2, and the Lord said to Gideon, the people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into your hands, lest Israel claim glory for itself against me, saying, my own hand has saved me. Now, therefore, proclaim in the hearing of the people, whoever is fearful and afraid, let him turn and depart at once from Mount Gilead. And then 22,000 of the people returned, and only 10,000 remained. But it was still too many. You know, he wanted the fearful to go, and, and again, I want to, I, 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 it's so important that we don't counsel with our fears. God gives wisdom, right, and we must move in wisdom. You know, we're not, I, we should not operate in ignorance when we're gathering together and moving, you know, uh, you know whatever kind of worship services we have, we want to walk in wisdom, but not in fear. And I don't want fear to somehow be characterized as wisdom. No, this is just wisdom. I don't want to counsel at all with my fears. Do you understand what I'm saying? I, let's, let's be discerning. Let's be smart. Let's be honoring of each other because people are in different places. You know, as we start to regather, some people are going to want sort of extra distance, and some people are, I've seen it in the parks. I've seen it in different places. People are, are nonchalant about it. If we love one another, we have to honor one another, and you have to respect where people are at. So it's better that we move conservatively in terms of don't close the social distance. Don't take your mask off. Don't do any of those things, you know, until, like, you know, if you're already in a close community, like Tammy and I obviously don't maintain social distance. <laughs> And, you know, and other members of my family. But those are the people we're close with. But, so <coughs> but when we have others, we're trying to honor it. And, and we may even be comfortable with a wider circle, but not everybody is. And you just got to be lovingly respectful and not sort of, oh, you must be fearful or whatever. I don't want to enter into judgments. I want to move in wisdom. I want to honor each other. I don't want to move in judgment, but I don't want to set our course forward based on fear. I want the wisdom of God. I want the leadership of the Holy Spirit as we move forward, and I don't want to counsel with fear as we, as we talk about opening, as we do certain things. I want to I follow the Lord. And, and sometimes it may have, we have to be courageous in that because sometimes <clears throat> that's what's required. Joshua had to take the, the promised land, and God said to him, be, you know, be courageous, you know, and I will be with you. And that's where we're at. But we're going to use wisdom. All right, let's keep reading. So verse 4, but the Lord said to Gideon, look, the people are still too many. Bring them down to the water, and I will test them for you there. Then it will be that whomever I say to you, this one shall go. Uh, the same shall go with you, and whomever I say, this one shall not go with you, he, he'll not go with you. Now, so it was a very arbitrary way that God established who would go, right? Uh, they brought him down to the water, and it says, those who bent down to drink the water, 
and if they, you know, just lap the water put by putting their faces into the water, their tongues into the water to drink the water, they were going to stay behind. And if people knelt down by the water and used their hands and lifted it up to their mouth, <coughs> they would, they'd be the ones that would go with Gideon. Did it mean that the other Israelites weren't sons of the promise? Did it mean they weren't sons of the kingdom? <laughs> no. God was establishing a smaller group to do what? Why did he want to narrow it down to 300 people? We just read it. Not a trick question. How many out there? Raise your hands in the Zoom room. Okay. He's going to glorify his name. He was going to glorify his name in the midst. So he narrowed it down to 300. Again, this is not the, the current military science or strategy of the day or even of the ages to come, which was superior numbers wins the day. This was a small number, and a God was going to bring back a victory. So let's, uh, I want to drop down a little bit in chapter 7, beginning of verse 9. <clears throat> God's speaking to Gideon. He still needs to put courage in Gideon's heart because he knows God's been leading him, but he's like us. Sometimes you know God's leading you, but you're a little hesitant. You're like, oh, I'm not sure. <laughs> and so verse 9, it happened on the same night that the Lord said to him, Arise, go down against the camp, for I have delivered it into your hands. But if you're afraid to go down, go down to the camp with Pura, your servant, and you shall hear what they say. So God wants to encourage Gideon. Encourage means to put courage into someone. My wife preached a, a message a couple of weeks ago about Barnabas and the, being a son of encouragement and how important she was actually with Sarah. And they preached this message about how important encouragement is. We all need encouragement. That's probably my number one love language is words of encouragement. But we, we all need some, someone else sometimes to speak words of courage into our very soul that we can step into the purposes of God. And so Gideon wasn't much different than you and I. He knows God's leading him, but he's got some hesitation. So God wants to give him a word to give him an assurance. So let's read it. If you're afraid, I thought all the people who were afraid just left. Well, apparently, you know, Gideon had some fear. But if you're afraid... Go down, go down to the camp with Pura, your servant, and you shall hear what they say, and after your hands shall be strengthened to go against the camp. So we knew Gideon needed strength. They went down with Pura, his servant, to the outpost of the armed men who were in the camp. Now the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the people of the east were lying in the valley as numerous as locusts, and their camels were without number as the sand of the seashore a multitude. And when Gideon had come, there was a man telling a dream to his companion. He said, I have had a dream. To my surprise, a loaf of barley bread tumbled into the camp of Midian. Barley bread was just the common bread of the time. So this little loaf of bread comes tumbling into the camp of Midian. It came to a tent and struck it so that it fell and overturned, and the tent collapsed. Then his companion answered uh, with the interpretation. This is one of the craziest interpretations of this dream I've ever seen. But he says, this is nothing else than the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. In his hand, God has delivered Midian and the whole camp. 
I've always scratched my head. How did they get that interpretation? <laughs> Praise the Lord. It was by divine revelation. <laughs> Come on. And it was so when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation that he did what? That he worshipped. This is the most important thing we can do. We need to worship. God is in control, and we need to give him the worship that is rightly due his name. There is nothing more important than for you and I but to lift up our hands without wrath, without doubting, and to say, God, I know you're in control. God, I know you love me. I know these circumstances I don't quite understand, but I know that I know that you, reign, you rule and reign on the throne, and I worship you. And we worship him in the, in the different ways we do. We worship him when we gather. We worship him in our offerings. We worship him in the heart attitudes we carry as we go about our daily routines. We are continually worshiping God by just honoring him loving one another, walking in, in love and respect to our neighbors. Like we do all of that because we want to honor God and worship him. So let's keep going. And so it was when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation that he worshiped. And he returned to the camp of Israel and he said, Arise, for the Lord has delivered the camp of Midian into your hands. And then he divided the 300 men into three companies and he put a trumpet in every man's hand with empty pitchers and torches inside the pitchers. He was, like I said, trying to hide the, the flame of the torch. And he said to them, look at me and do likewise. Watch, and when I come to the edge of the camp, you shall do as I do. And when I blow the trumpet, I and all who are with me, then you also blow your trumpets on every side of the whole camp and say, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. So Gideon and the hundred men who were with him came to the outpost of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just as they had posted the watch, and they blew the trumpets. They broke the pitchers that were in their hands. Then the three companies blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers, and they held the torches in their left hand and trumpets in their right hand for blowing. And they cried, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. So I find that interesting. They had trumpets and torches, one in their right and left hand. I don't see any swords. I mean, can you imagine going into battle <laughs> with a trumpet and a torch? I mean, they're just, you know, it's worship. They're holding up the light. They're holding up the trumpet. It's the harp and the bowl. It's the incense going up to God. It's what we're called to. Church, we're called to worship him. More than anything, Life Center Church has been called to raise up, you know, uh, worship and prayer, night and day incense, going up before the throne of God. That's who we are. That's part of that's our assignment in the realm, and we need to continue to raise that up. And we're going to ask the Lord, God, you have to show us now. We want to move in wisdom, but we got to move out. We have to, we have to answer the call of worship because that's the call on our house is to worship.
So the sword of the Lord, and every man stood in his place all around the camp, and a whole army of the Midianites cried out, and they fled. When the 300 blew the trumpets, the Lord set every man's sword against his companion throughout the whole camp, and the army fled uh, to Bethachea, to Zariah, and as far as the border of Abel, Mehelo, by Tabith, wherever that is. And the men of Israel gathered together from Naphtali, Asher, and Manasseh, and they all pursued the Midianites. And Gideon sent messengers throughout all the mountains of Ephraim, saying, Come down against the Midianites. Seize from them the watering places as far as Beth Baran and, and the Jordan. Then all the men of Ephraim gathered together. They seized the watering places, and they captured the two princes of Midian. And on it goes. Uh, just over to verse, chapter, Judges 8. Now the men of Ephraim said to him, <laughs> so this is interesting. So Israel just has this great victory, and now the men of Ephraim said to him, why, didn't, why have you done this to us by not causing, calling us when you went to fight with the Midianites? And they reprimanded him sharp, sharply. It's not about what man is doing. Like even, even, even the Israelites, the, the Ephraimites were saying to, hey, uh, Gideon, why didn't you tell us when, when you, you went to do this? Why did you, you know, you're trying to get all the glory for yourself. It's like, actually, God has done all of this. And he says, what have I done now in comparison with you? And he, he didn't try to take any of the glory. He said, look, you guys, you accomplished this thing yourself. What have I done in comparison to you? He walked in humility. God wants us to walk in humility. But I do believe he's calling a remnant out to worship. And I'm, I'm asking the Lord because I, I came out this morning during our worship saying, we need to regather on Friday nights even. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know how many people can gather. But we need to raise up the corporate worship and prayer. The incense has to go up. We cannot, we have to, it's time to come out of our caves. We're going to move in wisdom. We're not, but we're not going to counsel with fear. We're going to move in wisdom. We're going to set protocols. We're going to keep people safe. So the number, I don't know how many numbers, but we're going to try to get to the, you know, as many as we can have. And, but worship has to go up. We, we, we've been in our caves under this oppression, and God says, enough now. I, this is what I believe the, the word of the Lord is. It's enough. Now let the worship go forth. Let the worship arise and be heard because it is essential. It is essential that we as the people of God lift up praise and worship so that this, the incense goes before the throne and he remembers his promises. See, as we lift up the praise and worship, it, it ascends as a sweet-smelling savor to God. And he remembers his promise and his kindness to us and he's going to pour out revival. I do believe, you know, before we... Um, before the shutdown, I knew that we, God was moving us into a season of revival. I, I know those promises are still coming. We didn't know what it was going to look like. I kind of, I'm walking around by faith. You know, I, I don't fully know. I see a little bit. You know, you, 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 you prophesy. You know, people know in part. They only prophesy in part. We don't have the whole picture. None of us do. That's why we need the full body of Christ. We need the full counsel of God as we move forward. And, and that's where we're going. We're following God.
and, we're, and the call on this house is to lift up praise and worship. So as we move, as we come out of the summer months, you know, coming to September, I'm looking for us to open up Friday nights again. Uh, again, we'll get more information out to everyone, but the worship is going to ascend because that's the call on us, and we are going to answer the call of God. Life Center, I love you guys. I miss you so much. God is going to be glorified in this, and, uh, and we're going to answer the call. Listen, when we start, you know, if there's limited numbers, please, nobody be offended. We're going to try to bring people who can. If you're not comfortable coming, that's okay. We love and honor all of you. God, he's going to take a remnant of 300. Not, it's kind of arbitrary. Who drinks one way or who drinks another way? I don't know. But God will use whoever he wills. Right? Because he's going to be glorified. It's not about me or anybody else. Like, we're not like the Calvary. The Holy Spirit is the rescuer. He's the Savior. And we're just going to answer the call. I love you guys so much. Be blessed, Life Center Church. We're going to have an opportunity. We'll go back into worship. If you need prayer, uh, I know there's, you know, an opportunity to request prayer on the Zoom services. And uh, please do that. Be blessed. Look forward to seeing you real soon. Love you all. Amen.